Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Soulmates Twin Flames Boot Camp. I'm Sophia Elise and I'm here with Sarah Adele. Hello, Sarah. Hola. Hello. Yay. Hola. Hello. I made it. Sarah and I. I You made it. Yeah, I was going well. (laughs) I was just going to go, assuming you were going to come in anyway. So Sarah and I are love and relationship psychics who specialize in soulmate and twin flame relationships. For purposes of our broadcast, rather than use the term soulmate or twin flame interchangeably, we will call it a spiritual partnership because that is what it really is and because many of our listeners have their own ideas or theories of what soulmates and twin flames are. So we're also certified relationship life coaches and we're able to help you with your love and relationships, issues and concerns. So tonight we're talking about how appearances can be deceiving. Have you ever noticed that? Mm, We may fantasize that someone could be a great romantic partner, but would they really? You only know them in Mm -hmm. one context, as a friend, workmate, or gym friend, and have no idea how they would really perform in a romantic relationship. This is probably a good time to remind yourself that what looks good on the outside may not be so attractive on the inside, especially when it comes to love. When we first meet someone, we may feel as though we know them. This comfort level early on can be mistaken for a soulmate or twin flame connection. When we spend a lot of time with someone or have known them for a while, we begin to feel as though we know what what they would be like in another context of a relationship. For instance, you may have a great friend who you, would be, who you believe would make a wonderful boyfriend or husband, okay? You may or have a helpful wife or, or girlfriend. Or, yeah. You may that. have a helpful female neighbor who you may think must be such a help and wonderful wife to her husband. You may have a coworker that you have such a great time with and who is so supportive and fun to be with that you think that they would be supportive and fun to be with as a boyfriend or girlfriend. Now, based Mm -hmm. on the relationship you have with them, we can then transfer our opinions of the relationship to all the others they have in their life. So when we take the relationship that we have with someone, we automatically have a tendency to assume that they would be the same in a romantic relationship. Makes sense, doesn't it? Well, it can be a huge mistake to assume that. And if you do, you could be dead wrong. Just because we have a chemistry or a connection with someone does not necessarily mean that they're a soulmate, twin flame, or potential romantic partner. 
Because, mm-hmm. like, all right, like, let's say that, you know, at the office, you know, there's someone that you think is, like, really quick, you know, like, yeah, okay. So you seem to click, you know, they're friendly every day, seem to put in 100% to their job. They appear very ambitious and helpful. And then they offer to help their coworkers, you know, when they need it. They're always a team player. They're well-dressed, educated, well-mannered. You think they would be a great catch. And then you begin to imagine what it would be like to date them. And the idea, based on your fantasy, not fact, okay, just gets better and better. And based on all that you see, you know, you're now thinking, you know, you two would be great together. Your imagination feels like a connection to this fantasy that you created. And often, you know, it's often mistaken for an actual soulmate or twin flame connection. Just because you know what someone is like as a coworker does not mean you have any clue what they would be like as a romantic partner. I think you're too close to your microphone. So we go back to that. Just because someone is good at their job does not mean they are good at relationships. When we are at work, we are not always the same person that we are in our off time. We actually have very little clue what really goes on in our coworkers' lives at home. And basing who they are by, by what they are at work can be a real mistake. It can be that that's the best side of them is the side that you see at work. And the worst of them is what, you know, you would, and you know, should you enter into a personal relationship with them, you'd be very surprised. You may have that connection with that person on a work level. You may share talents, interests, and passions. Perhaps you have that connection so, you know, you could get involved in business together or do great things together or whatever. Like, great. That means you have a connection or click together on a work level. You make a great team on a career level. But that does not mean it would work out that well on a romantic level. Yeah, so there have been many people who've complained to us about other people in their lives who spend too much time at work and it's costing them their relationship. They feel that this person contributes very little time and energy to the relationship. They're tired of waiting for their needs to be met and feel their, feel their partner selfish and, and not pulling their weight in the relationship. On the other hand, the people at work must think they are the best thing since sliced bread. They are willing to work overtime when no one else wants to. They volunteer to come in on weekends. Instead of going home, they offer free time to help out. They may travel a lot for work or have a long commute, but never complain and seem glad to do whatever, and it always shows with a very positive attitude. Whenever anyone has a question, they can email, text, or call them after hours, and like they even respond right away. So But when they get home, they continue to check up on the progress at work and even do some work at home. All of their coworkers and higher ups think this person should be employee of the year and they love him for it. They cannot say enough good things about them. Mm -hmm. Their love interest, however, the one waiting at home, okay, and all their friends also, even family members, you know, that think that this is like the worst romantic partner ever because they never have time for him or her because of all that work nonsense, never make time to do things with them. And instead of being in a real, you know, 
marriage or relationship. They're, they're in a, more of a marriage or relationship with their career. They're exhausted from work and burnt out and take it all out on them. Although, you know, the one at home is begging to, like, do things together. You know, they just complain that they're so tired and that, you know, all they want to do is relax and lay around and watch TV and unwind. They're never in the mood to spend a romantic evening together, you know, going out to a din- you know, to like dinner and a show. Their friends and family feel so bad, you know, for the one waiting at home, you know, because they wind up, you know, just with a workaholic who chooses to spend all their time at the office and with this person that they supposedly love. The only thing they seem to have on their mind is work. They spend all their time talking to their coworkers all day, and when they get home, they feel as though, like, you know, they're all talked out. They're not in the mood for a conversation. They don't connect through communication anymore. Because they've nothing to say, and they're really not in the mood to listen either. So the person at home is even alone now that they're home, okay? And because they're so busy, tired, and stressed out, you know, that their sex life is basically, like, you know, barely existing. The people seeing this relationship, this romantic one, the reality of it, would give this person the reward for, like, the worst romantic partner of the year. So you see how the different relationships have entirely different perceptions of the same person. You think people really do want to find a soulmate or twin flame, but don't try to create one or think you have one based on a narrative that you created, like that really has no basis in reality. Yeah. So, so now let's kind of move on to friends, right? Just friends. So, Soulmates can be friends. I have some friends who are my soulmates, and most of us have had most of us have had like a friend or two or more who are true soulmates. Mm-hmm. The spiritual connection mm-hmm. is undeniable. The problem is many people have taken it upon themselves to create a romantic soulmate or twin flame when the romantic connection really is not there. You can have a friend who is always there for you and for all their other friends. They're outgoing, they're compassionate, they're lots of fun to be with, and someone that you can call at 3 o'clock in the morning because you know they value your friendship and that they'd be there for you. And if your soulmate or twin flame hasn't shown up yet, you may think, well, maybe this person is my soulmate or twin flame. And then you start thinking about what it would be like to take it to the next level. Your friend, however, is doing nothing of the sort. You think your friend would like, you think your friend would make an awesome romantic partner. They might. But do you really know? Do you really know based on your friendship with them? Nope. For instance, like you can count on this friend to be there when you need them. But think about being their romantic partner. How many friends are going to overstep their boundaries and be the priority above you? How many times are you going to have to fight for time alone when all they want to do is hang out with their friends? Many people have had the experience of being involved with someone that puts all their friends first, all of them. You can't make plans on the weekend because they always have plans in advance. And if you try and get alone time with someone, this person, um, you have to fight tooth and nail to get it. Your evenings can be interrupted by friends email, phoning, texting, or dropping by. Anytime you mention an idea of something cool to do, they immediately respond with, 
what other friends of theirs they should invite along. And you wind up having a relationship with them and their thousand friends. And of course, you are the very last on the priority list. You barely have time for your friends because you are always surrounded by theirs. And in many, many cases, you'll feel like the third wheel. Mm-hmm. Yep, this is classic great friend, crappy boyfriend or girlfriend. How we treat our friends versus how we treat someone we are involved with on a romantic, you know, in like, like a romantic relationship can be like night and day. How many people have you encountered that could not possibly say no to one of their friends? Oh, but they can tell you no quite easily, okay? When they are around their friends, they always have lots to say. They always make sure they're in a good mood and ready to have fun. However, when they're around their girlfriend or boyfriend, they get up to put up. They get to put up with their moodiness, you know, and a personality that's basically flatlined. They're on their best behavior for their friends, not their boyfriend or girlfriend. And everyone that knows them would be shocked, you know, to, to see this side and know that it even exists because they literally have never seen it. That's because they're their friend, not their girlfriend or their boyfriend, and they treat them differently. When a friend, like, teases them, they can find it hilarious. When their boyfriend or girlfriend does, they go off the deep end and have no sense of humor whatsoever. Now they're Mr. and Mrs. Sensitive. Plans with their friends can never be canceled, but plans with their boyfriend or girlfriend can't. Their romantic partner can even feel like, you know, their parents sometimes because their friends won't tell them, you know, the truth about some of the things that they're doing, you know, that, that they may not be, like, productive or responsible. If their friends point it out, they can handle it like an adult. But when their romantic partner does, you know, they're a nag, they're no fun, they're explaining, blah, blah, blah. Their friends love that they pick up the tab and act like a big shot. Yet when their romantic interest reminds them that they really can't afford to keep doing that, you know, they lash out. They're the buzzkill, blah, 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 blah. Their friends think it's great that they're always ready to, you know, to party with them. But when you mention that, you know, hey, you need to get up for work pretty early, you know, and we should call it a night and go home, you're the biggest drag in the world. God help you if you criticize their friends because they will defend them with their life. However, their friends can kind of treat you like dirt and, you know, they'll try to like either brush it off or whatever and usually won't even say a word to them. Exactly, because a person like this is just too busy trying to please their friends. Not because they're such a great friend, because, but because they're afraid their friends will not like who they really are. They keep a side of themselves mm-hmm. away from their friends because they, they fear that if they show it to them, they may not want to be friends anymore. When their romantic partner sees this side of them, all they can do is wish they were treated the same way that they treat their friends. Not going to happen. Their friends get the best of them, and the romantic partner gets the worst. Their friends may try and sabotage their relationship, but they often won't see it and will often just completely deny it. A rift then develops between the couple because of that, and the friends end up getting exactly what they want. The friends may even be mean or hostile towards them, and the partner will The partner won't call the friends out for doing so, so they must deal with it alone, which is difficult. If their friends had Mm -hmm. any respect for them, they would have respect for their relationship. But that thought never crosses their minds. 
They may have even been no, friends. They want everything to stay the same as it's Absolutely. always Absolutely. It was have it always be the mm-hmm. same. I mean, they may even have been friends with their friends before. Yet as soon as they started a romantic relationship, these same friends are now giving the cold shoulder or acting out towards them. And when two friends come out of the friendship box, all the great parts of the friendship disappear. The honesty and openness they shared is gone because what they will tell their friends is one thing, and then what they will tell you, the boyfriend or the girlfriend, is something completely different. Now they have lost a good friend and gained a crappy boyfriend or girlfriend. They often say the best relationships start with a friendship, but that is not always true. Sometimes the worst relationships start with a friendship that become bitter enemies. And when it comes to soulmates or twin flames, depending on your belief, you choose a label, whatever it is for you, sometimes that connection should not be forced to go beyond friendship. And in doing so, it shwanks the whole dynamic and there it goes out the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and keep in mind, that's not to say, like, that some people, you know, can't do that, and it works out great. What we're trying to address is that just like there's a, it could work, there's a big side of it, you know what I'm saying, that simply, you know, doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And just a quick little add-in with that whole friend thing. Okay, anybody that knows me knows I like to watch, like, true crime and this, that, and the other, and Nightline, Dateline, whatever, and you always see, like, this guy who's been, like, either beating the crap out of his wife and kids for, like, forever and a day and whatever. And now he's finally been arrested for murdering them all. And then there's his friends. And what are they all saying? He, could, he or she couldn't possibly have done that. They're such a great friend and blah, blah. They had no idea what was going on in the house. But it really was going on. Why didn't they know? Because they were just friends. They didn't know what was going on at home. So... When, you know, it's fine you know, if you want to, like, you know, give your friend the credit, you know, saying for being a great person and someone you might be connected to spiritually, but don't then get your imagination run wild and act as though, you know, you can create the narrative of what they must be like at home. You have no idea, okay? You have no idea. I'm not saying they're all murderers, but whatever, okay? Now, on to something else. You could have a neighbor. You know, that you think is so helpful to you and all the other neighbors. They're always there to lend a hand. You don't even have to ask. They just offer. You think their husband or wife is the luckiest planet, you know, luckiest person on, like, planet Earth. And you think the other neighbors, you know, you all think the world of them. I mean, they're fabulous. Wouldn't it be great to be married to a person like that? You, know, you see them tinkering around all the time, you know, whether it's at the lawn, the car helping out people, you know, whatever. They just always seem to stay busy. What you don't see is that their husband or wife is sitting at home alone on the weekends while they do all this crap. All the things they promised to do around their own home is not being done. And some of it has been piling up and piling up and piling up. Sure, the outside of their house may look great and their lawn looks fabulous, but inside it basically looks like, you know, a demolition derby went on in there. They argue about it all the time. They complain that they have time to, you know, help out everyone else, but they have no time to help out their own family. Why can't they help their own family first before helping someone else out? Why do they say they don't have time for date night or to do projects with their spouse or to spend time with their family? 
they do have the time, but they are choosing to spend time with or do things for everybody else but their spouse and family. Let's say this person was a guy, okay, and a very handy one, I bet. Sure, he fixed your power tool for you and helped you repair your fence, but he still has not hung up the picture in the living room that his spouse bought six months ago that he promised time and time again he would do. His relationship with his partner can be in crisis, but rather than dealing with that, he, you know, and, and trying to fix that relationship, he's ready, willing, and able, you know, to help the neighbors spread their mulch. You may think their spouse is the luckiest person in the world. However, your spouse does not share your level of enthusiasm. They would gladly sell them at the next yard sale to, like, the first willing buyer. Yeah, not for me. Okay, on that note, we are going to take about a 45, actually it's 48 second break, bio break. break. Yeah, we're going to do it real quick. We'll be right back. Meanwhile, listen to the fabulous female harmonies of Just Roxy Now. You can find them on Facebook at Just Roxy. Welcome back to Soulmate Twin Flames Boot Camp. I'm Sophia Elise, and I'm here with Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Still there? Hola. Hola. Yeah, so you can find Sarah and myself at, I'm doing the same thing with the cat's man, Gandalf, mooing in the other room. Oh, I know he's warbling and it's, oh my gosh. Anyway, so you can find Sarah and I on Facebook at Soulmate Twin Flame. You can find us on Twitter at Soulmate Reading. On our Instagram, it's Soulmate Twin Flames, all one word with the S's at the end of Soulmate Twin Flames. Um, you can arrange to speak with us through any of our sites. Um, if you need personal insider guidance with your own relationship and with us, there's no fluff or fairy tales, just accurate readings with realistic advice. So you can find us there at soulmatereading.com or twinflameconnection.com. Okay, so let's get back to our topic of how appearances can be so deceiving for all of us. And so let's mm-hmm. say you know a person who seems like they are just the sweetest, kindest, nicest person on the planet. You may have either met their significant other or heard about them through the grapevine, or they may have told you themselves. You are shocked that such a nice person like them wound up with the biggest a-hole in the world. That can happen, that a person who is horrible winds up with a great, supportive, wonderful, caring person who they clearly don't deserve, but they can also, there can also be a little bit more to the story. So for instance, yeah, a lot, right? Why do they stay? Now we can romanticize it and say that they just love them so much that they don't see them for all their faults. 
but that's also kind of saying they are stupid, isn't it? How can everyone else see it, but they can't? Oh, trust me, they see it. Why they accept it is the root of their problem. It also could be that they played a part in the way their partner could it, I mean, could it also be that they played a part in the way their partner treats them? Have they mentioned they cheated and got busted four times already? And that is the reason their partner is always calling to check on them and seems defensive and suspicious and divisive all of the time. Did they neglect to tell everybody that? I bet they forgot to mention mm-hmm. that part. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course. Well, it could also be that they're just a doormat. Okay. True. They could be staying for financial reasons. You know, saying and to have a certain lifestyle, which means money to them is more important than having a good relationship. And that means that they're also using someone for money. Okay. What does that say about them? Not anything good. It could be that they're insecure, and then are attracted to the wrong people that treat them like crap. You may think if they finally met a person that deserved them and gave them all the good that they give others, they would be so grateful and appreciative, right? <laughs> In most cases, wrong. Because it could be that if they did meet a person like that, it wouldn't be a challenge to keep them on their toes, you know what I'm saying, or even to keep them. And, it, and they would have no incentive to treat them well or special. And they could also then flip it and reverse it and wind up letting – that new person be their doormat. They've been around that dynamic so much, it's easy for them to flip and take on a different role, okay? That's just what happens a lot. You see what I'm saying? And it's not always that people are a victim by chance. A lot of people are a victim by choice, which means there's something not spiritually balanced with them, okay? And they're not all that everyone gives them credit for. So stop feeling sorry for them and stop thinking they deserve better and that, of course, you could be better for them and make them happy because they're getting exactly what they want and what they feel they deserve. That's why they're making the choice to stay with and be with that person. When you romanticize the situation without knowing both sides of the story and you really don't look into like, okay, if it's so bad, like, there's something wrong with you if you're staying that way. And I'm not saying, like, you know, that they're horrible people, but it could be from insecurity or whatever. But there are issues within them that are keeping them there, okay? So, really, you're just making up, you know, stuff, basically, to create a story that you like. And that's a bad idea. Exactly. Exactly. And this is why many people pursue false soulmates and tw- false twin flames. The story you have created has now made you think you met this person for a reason, so you could save them. You may think the universe put them in your path to learn something from one another, yet some soulmates and twin flames could meet in a scenario like that, of course, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just that you have a connection to someone that is in a dysfunctional relationship. Okay. You are not mm-hmm. meant to pursue it on a romantic level. You may also think that because their relationship is so bad and they seem so unhappy that they will end that relationship at some point. 
because they've mentioned to you all the things they know are wrong with their current relationship. You think they know what they really want and will pursue it when that relationship ends. Wrong again. They may never leave that relationship because they don't want to put forth the work it takes to maintain a solid, healthy relationship. They would rather Mm -hmm. just give enough to keep it going and dysfunctional is better than nothing for them. They may talk a good game, but they actually, have they done anything but talk? Nope. And if down the road they do get out of that relationship, it does not mean that they'll change their ways for the next one. They may wind up bringing all of that baggage that they had from all the prior relationships into all the relationships in the future. So they can leave the baggage at the door, right? We do not mm-hmm. all learn from the mistakes of our past relationships. We should, but we don't. Mm-hmm. So And instead, we wind up repeating them over and over and over again. This is why Mm -hmm. I feel it's important to have some solo time in between relationships, going from one relationship to another. I know, but people are impatient. So they feel like, because they waited so long for them. And they'll they'll find somebody else. And it's like, no, you need to give them some time to detox. Otherwise, they're bringing all of that bad juju and all of those bad, you know, behaviors and just psychoticness to the one with you. That They don't change. They're so, when you're so used to behaving, like even if they're in a relationship where they're defensive all the time, guess what? If they haven't had time to detox from that and they get into a relationship with you, you're going to find yourself in a relationship with a defensive person. It's just the way it is. So give them some time, when, you know, when you can, Okay. When you meet someone who seems like such a family-orientated person, you may think you hit the jackpot. That's exactly the kind of person you wanted. They're a responsible parent and are really hands-on when it comes to raising the kids. They support them emotionally and financially like they should. They spend quality time with the kids, and they make them a priority. They have a deep respect for their parents and elders. They spend holidays with them. Wonderful. They make sure to keep in touch with them, make sure they're okay, They seem to have just like a really close-knit relationship with their family, and you think that's just great. What you don't realize is that it could be that their family may be a priority, but their romantic relationship never will be. They may spend so much time with them that they go overboard, and this happens a lot, okay? This happens a lot, that they don't have quality time for the new, you know, the person that they're in a romantic relationship with. So, all your plans get ruined because at the last minute, the ex wants to drop the kids off and they can't say no. Or they have to go to the kids' best, you know, baseball, soccer, whatever practices, and they may even coach the team. It really is great that they spend so much time with them, but they honestly may not have enough time for a relationship. Now may not be the time for that. It might be better when the kids get older. We're not saying there's anything wrong with spending a lot of time with your kids, but you then have to be honest with yourself and your partner. Do you really have enough time? to maintain a, a healthy relationship. You're saying they may treat their family really well, but the family manipulates them, uses them, and takes advantage of them. When you try to point that out to them, oh, trust me, World War Three is going to start. Oh, yeah. And you're going to make enemies of all those family members. Family dynamics have been going on for a long time. 
that's a hard pattern of behavior to change. You may be expected to respect them because they're their family, but they may not respect you because you're not family. They may form opinions of you that are not fair or deserved, and in trying to please them, they only treat you worse and worse and respect you less and less. Coming from an, air quote, good family does not mean somebody will be good in a romantic relationship. So, again, don't think that because they're this, they would be that. That is just, again, imagination, not reality. Yeah, and their family may even try and interfere in your relationship. And because their opinion of you is of such importance to them, you always feel like you're on the defensive. It's kind of like it's you versus the entire family, the entire clan. They may mm-hmm. have older children that still behave like three-year-olds because they enable them to mm-hmm. be irresponsible moochers, and yet there's nothing you can do. If you point that out, mm-hmm. that these kids should be living on their own at this point or supporting themselves or at the very least paying for something on their own or helping out in some way, they most likely will mm-hmm. take it as criticism of their parenting skills, and now the kids hate you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's nothing that right oh. signs they hate you. There is nothing wrong with being with a person who has children, okay? We're not saying that. But if those children never plan on growing up and there's no plan to ever force them out, like that movie Failure to Launch, <laughs> you, are in, <laughs> you are in for a hell of a lot of problems presently oh, and yeah. in the future. They will always be bailing them out financially. And even if you marry them, you will not be able to put a stop to it. And it will affect you financially as well. You may be the subject to the possibility that at any point their kids, no matter how old they are, will show up at your door expecting to live with you for as long as they want. And you'll have no power to say no. Their kids are supposed to be their problem, that they can easily become your problem. And that will never change and it'll never go away. When you see them catering to their spoiled, irresponsible brat that they can never say no to or put its foot down with, it's going to make you very angry. And when they are the complete opposite uh-huh. of you, okay? Very uh-huh. angry. They are the kid's doormat. And you are supposed to be their doormat as well. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, of course, we're not saying this about every person with kids. Of course, we're not saying that. We're only speaking about those um, who kind of like fit within the parameters of what we just described. Right, Sarah? Right. Exactly. You know, and sometimes it can even take on the, you know, like, I hate to say it, but a lot of times, you know, people have a lot of chemistry. You know what I'm saying? And because of that, you know what I'm saying, they have kind of like a strictly, you know, sexual relationship. And if you're thinking like, oh, wow, you know, if we're disconnected, you know, sexually and, you know, we have so much chemistry, you know, they must be a soulmate or a twin flame. No, 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 no. First of all, chemistry, it may feel like a soulmate or twin flame connection, of course, until you've actually experienced one. But don't get it twisted. That's, that's not – that's just chemistry, Okay. 
twin flames. Because soulmates, of course, can have chemistry, but just because you have chemistry does not mean it's a soulmate or twin flame. And you can imagine, like, how great it would be to actually, you know, be in a relationship with someone that, you know, you have such a great sexual relationship with. And guess what? You kind of find out, like, nope, the only place that we're compatible is the bedroom. That happens a lot, too. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen many celebrities and real-life couples that seem to have this perfect relationship. Everybody on the outside is like, wow, okay? And then suddenly, out of the blue, poof, they end. It seems so shocking because they seem so happy. Yeah, they were happy on the outside because that's what they wanted people to think. But obviously, things weren't going so well within the relationship. We cannot and should not rush to make judgment about people's relationship or their potential for relationships. Without the full story, not your imagination, the actual full story. We should not try and create a soulmate or twin flame scenario because we feel like it's our job, you know, that because we're supposed to save somebody or, you know, what we think it would be like. When we like someone, we want to paint the picture with a positive brush. But to be realistic, we should not make any assumption at all. If they're a good coworker, neighbor, or friend, leave it at that. That's all it is. That's all you know. Just because they're, you know, they're, they're any of these things or all of these things does not make them a great potential romantic partner or something that would necessarily be a, you know, a twin flame, soulmate or anything like that. You can have soulmates that are, you know, not romantic. Don't try to make it more if that element is not there. Okay. Sure. Those may be good signs, but never think that those are great indicators per se. Okay. There is no surefire way to know if someone who is good at one particular relationship is good at all others. Yeah. And so the bottom line is this, right? Just because they're a good coworker, a good friend, a good neighbor, acquaintance or lion tamer for that matter, it does not Mm -hmm. mean they are good at everything. Before you assume they would make a good boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, or husband, don't base it on the wrong relationship. Unless you have heard the other side from a real source, like an ex-girlfriend, ex-husband, or wife, whatever, you don't know how they operate within every relationship, especially a romantic relationship. Give them all the credit Mm -hmm. in the world for the relationships they have that are positive, but don't give them credit for what they don't deserve especially when they are only based on the little information you actually have. You may know Mm -hmm. they're a good friend, but you don't know how they are as a romantic partner. And always remember that. And just because you are spiritually connected does not mean that you have to take it to the romantic level. Okay. It's fine to keep it as it is. All right. So that's our don't push it. Don't make it something that it's not. Yeah, don't push it. That's our show for tonight. Um, again, you can find Sarah and myself on our Instagram at Soulmate Twin Flames, on Twitter at Soulmate Reading, and on Facebook, Soulmates and Twin Flames. You can also arrange to speak with us through our sites if you need personal, confidential, insider guidance into your own relationships, whether they be soulmate or twin flame relationships or any other kind of relationship. Okay, you can find us at soulmatereading.com and twinflameconnection.com. And again, we thank Just Roxy Now for giving us the rights to use their song on our show. 
check them out. Their website is justroxynow.com. And on that note, we'll say good night, Sarah. Bye. Adios.